Welcome to Hellboys. It's a podcast about... Why don't you just say it's a podcast about Dante's Inferno? (laughs) It's a podcast within a podcast, which is the Overdue Podcast. Podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew, and that intro has as many circles as hell does now. It's and I true. feel I feel like a lizard is springing out of a <laughs> river full of pitch and like melding me together with another guy. Yeah, that's how it makes me feel. That's the hell I know. I feel um, like I am walking but my head my head is facing backwards and i'm crying and it's falling onto my butt yes do you remember that part do you remember that passage we're gonna talk about there we will get there andrew this is our third episode of hell boys (laughs) we are talking about dante's inferno specifically the first part of the divine comedy and we're talking about canto's what 17 17 through 25 yeah 17 to 25 okay um, we are again. We're discussing the Hollander translation. Before we got into the, before we get into the poem, Andrew, I wanted to share another poem about hell with you that oh, okay. I just thought might be appropriate. Mister Brown knows of extra credit over here. Yeah. Um, living easy, living free, season ticket on a one way ride. Asking nothing, leave me be. Taking everything in my stride. Don't need reason. Don't need rhyme. Ain't nothing I'd rather do. Going down. Party time. My friends are going to be there, too. Do you know what poem I'm reciting? It's equally likely in my mind to be like Katy Perry or Meatloaf. (laughs) Those are the two. (laughs) Well, it's exactly in between. It's ACDC's Highway to Hell. (laughs) And I just I pulled up the genius page for that. And I just clicked on the on the chorus, which is just a dude saying I'm on the highway to hell a bunch. And because we've been talking about footnotes a lot, Andrew, here's the here's the annotation yeah, for the genius, chorus. Genius, genius is like if Robert Hollander <laughs> also <laughs> did music commentary. Um, this is for the chorus. The highway analogy comes from the Bible's euphemism of walk to mean lifestyle. It has been a part of the English language for centuries, showing up in literature and songs many times. This means that he knows that it's going to be fun and all, but since he's going to be with his friends and everything, there is going to be some chaos. This is to be expected when hanging with friends and wanting to have a good time. <laughs> I like how many analyses of songs... <laughs> Just end up being like, oh, the author just wanted to have a good time. They're just partying and having a good time. This is about having a good time. This type of scholarship was not meant to be applied to pop songs. But meanwhile, we have Dante's Inferno. So, Andrew, I have some notes. What do you remember from our last session? Just like off the top of your hell dome over there. Boy, so we... Kept going into hell, right? We kept yes. descending. Kept descending. Um, there was like a there was a river of blood with like centaurs that guarded it. Yes, like boiling blood. Boiling blood river. Yep. Um, I know it ended on a cliffhanger where like a big creature was coming up out of the abyss. So Correct. We'll talk about that probably yep. a little bit more later. Yep. 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 Um, there was there were those people who got like what turned into trees, and Virgil is. Like, hey, go break a branch off one of those trees and see what happens. Uh And Dante does it. And the tree's like, hey, I'm a guy. (laughs) Don't do that. I'm treeing here. Um, And and we also talked about, like, as as we descend into hell, there are different, like, the whole thing is that different people are being punished for different things in different circles. And as you descend 
I don't I don't know that it's necessarily a straight line or a straight correlation, but as you descend, it seems like the punishments do generally get worse. They do get worse. And the and the crimes that they're being punished for got get worse. Yeah, and and something that we talked about in the last episode um was also about that like intent started to matter. So like once we got into the city of Dis where there were like heretics in fire coffins before we got to the blood river and the wood of thorns and the flaming sands. Virgil was like, Hey, these people meant it. <laughs> That's why they're right. down here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, intentionality is, is a, is a big thing. Yes. Um, so there's uh, there are what crimes you can do um, against others, like uh, against other people. Yes. Um, there are crimes that you can do. Um, against yourself so like if you try and kill yourself or if you like misspend your worldly sure goods yeah. or something like that it's a little bit and then um the, the last worst one is of course if you're mean to god because yes. he just can't take it he's got thin skin this guy <laughs> and that is in this the is the lesson i'm learning from from yeah, dante's that... inferno by the way is that god like the merciful god it doesn't he, he doesn't live here anymore <laughs> No, if he ever yeah, did. He's, it's like the, you know the oh you're you're calling the merciful God. Sorry, he can't come to the phone right now because he's dead. <laughs> oh, like no. Taylor Swift, you know, like the Taylor Swift song. Yes, I do know that song. So um, God, so Dante's Inferno is basically God just being like, look what you made me do. I put all these people in this blood river whoa. because they were nasty to me. Oh <laughs> man, in this bad blood river. Um, <laughs> So I that was all God's yes. earlier like country work. I do. It's better. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. Um that that was all in the seventh circle, the circle of violence. And so now we are going into Canto eight seventeen, Canto seventeen, sorry. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. picks up with this cliffhanger of like a monster coming out of the darkness. And Virgil says, Behold the beast with pointed tail that leaps past mountains, shatters walls and weapons. Behold the one whose stench afflicts the world. Same. Ew. Really? <laughs> when, I come, that one? when I come home from the gym, it's a bad time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, and this is Garyon, the monster of fraud. And so Garyon, Garyon, however you want to sure pronounce it, I'm not really sure because I didn't do Greek. Um, is like does appear in a bunch of other mythology and is uh, like Medusa's Medusa's grandson. I think is usually depicted as a monster with multiple heads. Okay, and Dante just completely throws all that out the window. He loves to do that, man. <laughs> Um, let me read you the description really quick. Uh, it had the features of a righteous man, benevolent in countenance, but all the rest of it was serpent. It had four paws, hairy to the armpits and back and chest, and both its flanks were painted and inscribed with rings and curly cues. That's a good word. Um, and it's just all about how this thing is gross. Yeah, it sort of reminded me, and I looked at some like illustrations of it from the Inferno, it reminded me of like a manticore which is like the lion with the man face and the scorpion tail. It's uh-huh. a little like that, but yeah, like the you're scorpion right. Scorpion King from the movie The Scorpion King. It's definitely like the Scorpion King from the movie The Scorpion King. Mm-hmm. Um and it I think it's like its face is supposed to be really cool looking and that's like 
how it's a fraud because the rest it of had it's the, a monster. It had the features. It had the features of a righteous man. So it's got a nice man face. Yes, uh, but then when you're actually dealing with it, it's got four paws and its length of tail lash in the void, twisting up its forked, <laughs> envenomated tip, arm like a scorpion's tail. Sure. Yeah. It's just this big, horrible, winged thing, but it's got a nice face. Sure. Um, and he, he is the monster of fraud. And I think Virgil's plan is he's going to like, they're just going to ride him into the rest of hell. Why this is the plan, I don't know. But this is what you do, I guess. Has Virgil done this tour before? He like, has. He does, he does he's seem done it like once. He, he's done it he once does, before. Okay. He does, he does seem like he's kind of flying by the seat of his pants a little bit. Like when he was in the city of Dis and those people just told him no and he had to narc on them and get some other angel to come down to save his bacon and that is there's more of that in these cantos right where like virgil doesn't he like sort of knows how to handle the demons we meet but like he has some troubles and he misreads some situations um yeah like what's the in canto 18 as we descend like so we get on the big righteous face dragon man right yes. we, we fly down we briefly see some usurers they're all like carrying their purses around their neck whatever yeah, they're bad usually is bad we all usually is bad knows. we get it we get it we get um and then we go down into a lower circle which has a bunch of other like rings in it i guess right we are in the eighth circle called malabolge uh-huh which means evil ditches or evil pouches uh-huh. <laughs> gross and it is essentially a like amphitheater carved into the ground with concentric trenches called bulge and those are like their own rings within this eighth circle which is all fraud of some mm-hmm. kind i think right yeah and who's what's the deal with like this demon biker gang that's like harassing them for a little <laughs> Wait, while do you know what well, i'm talking we can't, about we can't skip to the demon biker gang right away andrew the, i just want to skip to the good parts well are excuse me sir okay. we can't skip the fact that after we meet the panderers who are driven by you know demons whipping them classic hell stuff cool 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 uh, dante sure. makes a brief reference to like something about the romans inventing two-way traffic i don't really know what's going on um <laughs> then we quickly in bulge two see the flatterers andrew who are in a river of literal poop that uh-huh. dante says only seems to come from humans well implying that it is some other kind of poop that's like pretty bad. That's actually worse than if it was just regular poop. Uh huh. Um, and Hollander in the translation actually curses there. I'm not going to read it here on this podcast. Right. Yeah, this is a clean podcast about what happens when you go to hell, I guess. <laughs> but these are the seducers in Bulge 2 who are literal BS artists, is what is what I'm taking from this situation. Huh. huh. That's, huh. that's cute. Uh, Bulge 3, we get the Simoniacs, who are ne- sound like they love Neil Simon, but they, they actually... Simon Cowell. Oh, they do love... I was trying to think of other Simons, and I got I stuck. think Simon Cowell would be down here. I think he would. Actually. Um, these are guys who paid... They're named after Simon, who tried to pay the apostles to let him bless people. They are popes being shoved into the ground face first in like an evil baptism. There are a lot of popes down here. A lot of popes down here. 
Um, this is all about, you know, the sin of paying to do religious stuff or selling your religious office or things. Um, then, Andrew, th- we're going to skip your favorite part if we go right to the biker gang because we're going to skip the people crying into their own butts. I you want to talk about okay. the butt crying? <laughs> I want to do I do want to talk about the butt crying. And these are this is, um, I guess, people who tried to look too far into the future or something. Yes. Or they tried to use like. Pro- profane like magical means to look into the future and so their punishment is literally to have their heads mounted on backwards or like twisted backwards yeah it's canto 20 bulge of four which is sorcerers diviners and fortune tellers and uh dante is looking at him and he's like this is wild and these people are crying into their butts and it's making me cry because it's just so wild. Reader, so may God let you gather fruit from reading this. Imagine if you can how I could have kept from weeping when I saw up close our human likeness so contorted that tears from their eyes ran down their buttocks down into the cleft. <laughs> and I think you could, if you just want to say they were crying and their heads were mounted on backwards and their tears were like hitting their back. I think you could say that without like getting into the really butt part into like the butt like it's like falling on their butt and it's like falling in like into the butt crack and there's just tears all over their butt and that's their punishment forever in hell there and Ver- and dante just starts crying about it because he's so amazed at these crying butt people at these butt criers and virgil is like stop it these people suck they they're forced to walk backwards because they tried to circumvent god don't you not don't cry about these butt criers um we meet a couple of the butt criers we meet tiresias is there (laughs) yeah one is tiresias who we know from mythology and it's wild because there is this whole circle for people who are just around before christianity was around who like didn't know any better but i do feel like we're meeting a lot of people who logically would be in that circle who are in worse circles i don't know like what uh what uh what credits carry over yeah. when you transfer to hell <laughs> from, university from but... community college religion to university religion yeah um, but what well i was thinking we met a couple people earlier that were like they had profaned against the greek gods or like the idea of divinity and god was like well that guy's never getting into heaven i'm gonna put him in hell yeah like if he's gonna be if he's gonna be nasty to the old boss he's gonna be nasty to the new boss yeah that's true so i'm gonna fire him right now um and we get this long story from virgil about the founding of mantua i don't really know what that's about nothing in the footnotes cleared it up for me um (laughs) A dude named Michael Scott is there. Michael Scott from The Office is there. Michael Scott from The Office is down there for too many sexual innuendos. True. Yeah, actually, it's um, that other with the skinny shanks was Michael Scott, (laughs) who truly understood the way to play the game of magic tricks. And so Michael Scott from The Office does have a fascination with magic. He does try to be a magician. So I feel like that's a... Dante reference. I did not know that Michael that Scott... That I didn't know yeah, about. Yeah. That he was a reference to a 13th century magician who worked for the King of Sicily or whatever. I did not, did not know that off his but deep cut. You, that's, yeah, that's a good one. But now you do know that. It's true. Um, there is a... Br- the, I don't what? know if that's an office deep cut. What? Isn't that like an anchorman or something? Mm. Here, I'm going to Google it while you go... Okay. More into hell. I will say that at the end of this, we get a brief moment where Virgil's like, hey, look, the moon's rising or something, which 
in we are now know in the 21st century after a bunch of, after a bunch of people poured over this text that where the moon is in the sky means that it's 6 a.m. on holy saturday i so, did not know that is something that johnny carson used to say so i don't know how you got to office deep cut oh i think i meant that it was like a deep cut like factoid about the office i didn't think that what you said was a deep cut okay i thought that you were saying <laughs> i did not know that was like an off like a buried office reference that only the true fans would know because you made a really big deal about saying it weird oh my god i have been watching some office lately maybe that's what happened oh you're one of those people huh it's just on to the television you can't stop it once it's on um so yeah, so this is all taking place during Easter week. Spring break, woo, is what I made a note of, um, according to where the moon is in the sky in Canto 20. Um, okay, Andrew, tell me about this biker gang. We get to Bulge 5, where the Barators are, and these are people who, who were like corrupt in their political office. So you can just say politicians. I think you can just say politicians. Hey, current events. Um, um, what's their deal? What's the deal in Bulge 5, Andrew? So this is this is the one with the pitch river, right? It's Boiling a river pitch. of pitch, and Do you get Dante's the... really careful to explain to us what pitch is. He's yes. like, you know, pitch like people use to patch their boats, like that. A real Except, long story and it's, about and it's boats. boiling, but there's no and it's boiling, but there's no fire. But it's like there was fire, but there's no fire. So the pitch is boiling. He goes on about just making sure we're really in the right mindset for this burnt, this boiling pitch. Um and. Dante is like straining to see whether there's anything in the pitch because it's pitch. It's not really, you know, it's not a thing you can see through you get very that, easily. It's very thick. Do you get that it's dark and secretive and it sticks to people, Andrew? Yeah, no, I like do Like corruption that. and secrets. I do get that. And so there are these, there are these, do you know what the name of the, the, like the, the Malabranch? Yeah. It's some other weird Italian word. It means word. evil claws. Cool. Of course it does. Um, and their job is just if anybody, there are people down there in the pitch. Yeah. And if anybody tries to come out, it's the job of this demon biker gang to like tear them apart, I guess, and then throw them back in. Yeah. They're not, people aren't put, allowed to come out of it. And if they and, see you, <laughs> you're boned. And, and the, um, imagery that that dante uses to to kind of tell you what it's like when these pieces of people are being poked back into the pitch is it's like when you're cooking meat like a fondue sort of thing and you're trying to cook the meat and you're just poking it in with the skewer to make sure it stays in the hot liquid where it can cook it's like that it's true it's true um and they're concerned about like getting safe passage like they need for whatever reason virgil is like how are we going to get well, oh, oh, the the demons like are excited that Dante and Virgil are there because maybe they're gonna like eat Dante or something. Um, yeah, this is a rough, this is a rough neighborhood. It is a it's a bad neighborhood. Hell, yeah. Um, and their leader Malakota is talking to Virgil, and Virgil's like, "Hey, you gotta like help us get out of here, right?" And uh, Malakota is like, "Well, you can't go further because like hell's under construction. <laughs> All the bridges are down." <laughs> Right. Since since that one since that one guy died like exactly twelve hundred and whatever years ago, yesterday, that bridge has been broken. Yeah. Yesterday, at a time five hours from now, it was a thousand two hundred sixty six years since the road down here was broken. 
like a Philly pothole. Hey, we're hey. waiting on it forever. Hey. Hey. Oh, they did start resurfacing that street next to us. Oh, that's good. Today. They hadn't made it down to our street yet, but they had started <laughs> at least. Just waiting on government, am I right? Oh, government. Um, so, yeah, they, they lie about... I, we find out later that this is a lie, that all the bridges are broken, not just the one. But it's clear that the demons are like setting up a situation where maybe they can eat Dante or something. Um, did you catch Andrew? Did you recognize any of these uh, demon names? Did any of them stand out to you? Um, I don't, I'm not remembering anyone that's hopping out at me. Well, here's a couple that hopped out to me. Scarmiglione, Cognazzo, Barbarizia, Okay, is this some, like from some play or something? Rubicon. It, it's like from the from the office again. It's not a deep <laughs> office your cut. Favorite. You, you love. The I office. just named the four fiends from Final Fantasy Four. Are all these named oh, really? after these demons? I got Man, so I excited. I haven't played Final Fantasy Four in a minute. It re- I saw Cagnazzo, and I was like, "That well, that's the water fiend." And then I started looking it up, and I was like, "Dang." Final Ted Woolsey yeah. is really into the Inferno. I don't know, because I don't know if that came from the original Japanese or not, or if that was just Ted Woolsey doing his Ted Woolsey thing. You it's, know? Yeah, it's all in the Final Fantasy wiki, so maybe maybe they worked together to make that happen. I don't know. <laughs> um, I thought that was cool. And then, so they're going to get some help from this like flying biker gang of demons, but, but you know what they do when they get ready to charge, Andrew? Tell me what they do. Uh... Off they set along the left-hand bank, but first each pressed his tongue between his teeth to blow a signal to their leader, and he had made a trumpet of his arsehole. <laughs> so it's this farting biker really gang. really good, like, South Park, like, <laughs> devil biker gang just making big toots down in hell. I felt so good in these cantos, because this is the hell I was waiting for. The farty, mean... Farty, like, butt criers. Yeah, yeah. The, a lot of butt <laughs> stuff, a lot of just mean fire, a lot of demons. You know, it wasn't an easy hell. There was no, like, oh, I just didn't know about Jesus. It's like, I did a bunch of bad stuff, and now a demon's poking me in the butt Well, it's all, and it's also, there is still a pretty good amount of just, oh, I'm a sad Italian. And <laughs> Dante, Dante had some specific beef with me so now i'm in hell i mean there's still some of that because it's the inferno it's dante's inferno there was a moment there's never not going to be that (laughs) but you get a lot of just good imagery and like rad devil fart bikers yes good there was a moment back when all the popes were getting shoved in those holes that i forgot about which is when like I don't know which pope we're talking to, but Dante just starts yelling at him and just goes to town on this pope for being a corrupt pope. I'm like, you are just yelling at a pope's butt right now. And then when Dante's done, Virgil walks up and is like, great job, bud. Let's get out of here. Let me describe to you what I think the writing process of some of these <laughs> Inferno sections was like. Uh-huh. I think Dante, like he went to the the market and he bought like a bowl or something. Yeah. And he really felt like he got a bad deal on the bowl. And he tried to argue with the guy, but the guy kind of bested him in the argument. And then two hours later, he was home and he came up with what would have been the perfect comeback. <laughs> and then he just puts that into his 
poem. Yeah, I think you're right. Because he doesn't have anywhere else to put it. I think that's true. No, it's all it's just the, the most petty nonsense. Um Kano twenty two, we continue with the biker gang. An unnamed man gets plucked out of the pitch. Uh, all the scholarship refers to him as Chimpolo, but I don't, you know, I don't think we actually Was see he that in, in any the poem. Final Fantasy games that you remember. Um, I no, because most of the earlier games had a character limit of like six, so I couldn't name anyone Chimpolo, even sure. though I tried. I mean, maybe to. he would have been in like a, a he would have been like an NPC or something. Oh yeah, maybe in the town of Narsh. Um, or maybe it was in Final Fantasy V. I don't know if you ever played that fan That's only that emulator one. So it was all weird. Like the none of the text matched up. Uh, anyway, this they pluck this guy out of the river of pitch. He talks to Dante and Virgil, like you said. He he comes up with a plan where he's like, "Hey, you guys want to talk some Italians? I can find some Italians." Just tell those demons to back off after they've gored me twice. I don't know, man. This place is, seems pretty lousy with <laughs> Italians. I don't think we need any help finding extra Italians. And the demons are like, hey, man, this is a ruse. What are you doing? And he's like, yes, it is. And he runs away. <laughs> he dives into the evil mud. And like two demons almost get sucked into the mud trying to get him. And Dante and Virgil are like, yo, we got to get out of here. And they bounce. And they make it into Bulgis 6. Um, they escape, and this is where the hypocrites are, Andrew. Uh huh. And they are described as lacquered people. Uh-huh. They are wearing super heavy robes that mm-hmm. are like really pretty on the outside, but just like heavy lead on the yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like they they look like gold, but they are heavy as lead. So, and they're moving very slowly, and they're just kind of like there's a lot about um. Dante could like pass like three or four of them with just one step because they're so weighed down by the lies that they told, I guess. Well, and isn't aren't aren't they in this pit that seems like don't they like tell Dante that he could climb out of it if he wanted because he's not like weighed down by the stuff that yes, they do. Down by. You're right. They do. Like there's this there's this sense that. And the thing that one of the things about hell that's been pretty consistent is nobody's trying to bust out of here. Like everybody who's down here is just down here. And I don't know if I'd, I'd say that they like accept their fate, but they do definitely not think that there is anything to be done about it. No, the biggest, Um, the biggest thing that comes up is whenever Dante shows up and they're like, yo, let me post to Twitter. Can you get a message out to me for like, can you, do you got, do you got service down here? Here's my password. Log on for me. (laughs) <laughs> I need to let them know that I'm down here. I got a TikTok video to shoot. Let's go. But that's the circle they're in there in the circle with all the TikTok people. Um, but yeah, he talks to the jovial the circle of people who didn't like it was before TikTok. So they didn't know about TikTok yet. <laughs> yeah, they're not getting really punished. They just all the, all the vine people. Yes. They're just not allowed to go into heaven. Proper. Just, they, they're they're like fun six second punishments that. That the devil bikers or someone came up with. Who's the who's the boss? Is it the devil? Is it like Satan? Who's the boss down here? No, I don't know. We've talked about. They've mentioned Lucifer, but there. Oh, there is a part after the river of poop where <laughs> Dante is like, "Oh God, you're so good at punishment. Like, oh sweet God." And your art of punishment. Oh, man. Let me see if I can find this passage. So if God is devising the punishments, but we are in hell, then where's what's Satan get to do? Is he getting is he kind of getting punished by not being in heaven? I I don't know. Like I have a lot of 
have a lot of questions about the org chart, including like our folks like Garyon and the biker gang and the Minotaur, and the yeah. who like who seem like they work here. <laughs> yeah. Are they? That's a good are question. they being punished or are they just employees? They get to go home at night or what? I don't know. Hmm. Oh, supreme wisdom! What great art you show in heaven, on earth, and in the evil world, and what true justice does your power dispense? This is literally the canto after the river of poop. So, like Dante was impressed with what, how great thou art, O oh God. Um, okay, more, more like how great thou art. Fart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah. This is just a very butt-heavy episode. It really but it's is. Dante's fault. He's the one who wanted to write about butts so much. That's true. So all the people oh. in this... Um, in this Bolgia six, I think, with the hypocrites, the main image to take out of this one, Andrew, is the dude that they're all walking on. Do you remember that guy? The Ooh, um, the guy who's crucified to the floor. Oh, geez, kind of, I guess. Yeah. So there's um, there's like we meet some jovial friars. That's a real thing. Go look it up. It's weird. Um, and they are talking to Dante, and then they point out this guy who is crucified to the ground naked and all of the other sinners have to walk on him and he is Caiaphas who is the I that's the pronunciation I've heard before it might might be a different one he was like the head of the council that decided in Rome that they should crucify Jesus for the sake of all the Jews like to save the rest of the Jews that we the Romans dislike we're just going to crucify this guy and it'll be fine and I honestly thought he would be further down in hell. <laughs> like, I was surprised to meet him out here. But there you go. It's a it's a weird... This is a weird thing, right? Because without the people who decided to do that to Jesus, you just straight up do not have Christianity. Yeah, right. Think about that. But also, they did do that to Jesus. Yep. So I suppose you would get a very special punishment or reward for that. <laughs> I think we're going to meet some more people from that story as we go further down. Okay, yeah, because this guy was he was under Pontius Pilate. He worked We haven't yeah. seen Pontius Pilate Not yet, yet. So I bet he is somewhere. Yep. Um and there there's a big old footnote about Virgil marveling at Caiaphas as he walks by. No one's really sure why, but Hollander's like, maybe it's just because he was like, whoa, that dude met Jesus and he killed him. I would have been cool with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cantos 24 and 25 take place in Bulge 7, Andrew, which is about thieves. Yeah, this is, so, um, yeah, this is this is one I talked about a little bit earlier, but um, this is a place where basically all the thieves get bitten by weird like snakes or lizards and then they turn into I, they either some sometimes it seems like they are turning into a like a lizard thing themselves there's the one there are the two guys who get joined together by like that six-legged lizard right yep um i don't know if you want to read any descriptions of those of those transformations i do have another fun like dante bit to to read but um so this is uh, we we get into this section and we see some lizards. There's a we're we're gonna meet a guy named Vani Fucci at some point, um, if we haven't already. I don't remember. 
but the uh, one of the, the you see these guys walking around, and there's like, what's become of Chanfa? And then to catch my guide's attention, I held my finger up from tin to nose. If reader, you are slow to credit what I'm about to tell you. It's no wonder I saw it, and I myself can scarce believe it. While I stood staring with eyebrows raised, a reptile with six legs propelled itself at one of them and fastened itself to him. It grabbed his belly with its middle claws, then with its forepaws held his arms and bit through both his cheeks. It stretched its hind feet down the other sides, thrusting its tail between them and curled it up behind above the buttocks. The buttocks. It's that butt stuff again. Um clinging ivy then they fused together as if made of molten wax mixing their colors so that neither seemed what it had been before as over the surface of a scrap of parchment before the advancing flame a brownish color comes that is not black yet makes the white dye out and they're watching this man turn into a lizard man. Four separate limbs combined to form two arms the thighs and calves the stomach and the chest turn into members never seen before um, all trace of their first aspect was erased, and the unnatural finger- figure seemed both two and none and lumbered off at its slow pace. So my favorite part about all this, right, all these all these fun transformations that we are that we're witnessing, and I believe this one, this little bit that I'm about to read, falls in between the bit that you just read and then another one or two. Yep, yep. Um, this was the transformation of Vanifuji. Real quick, go ahead. Is this like this weird mic drop? from Dante where he says let Lucan now fall silent where he tells of poor Sabellus and Nisidius and let him wait to hear what comes forth now let Ovid not speak of Cadmus or Arethusa for if his poem turns him into a serpent and her into a fountain I grudge it not for never did he change two natures face to face in such a way that both their forms were quite so quick exchanging substance Hey, did you like Ovid? Did you like Lucan? Well, you're an idiot. Get a load of this. Get a load of these hot transformations. You think other poets can make people change in other stuff? You haven't seen anything yet. I'm Dante, and this is my comedy. Thank you for coming. Welcome <laughs> to, see it. to Dante's Snake Corner. It's better than all the other snake stops and snake alley. Like, I think he references Lucan in, in Canto 24 when he's like, man, I have never seen snakes like this, and I've read Lucan. It's like, dude, <laughs> what are you talking well, about? There's that scene earlier where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm hanging with Homer and Ovid. And yep. we're all just like best buds going going to get coffee and taking selfies. And it's just a really good time with my buds, my boys. And then this one later when he's many, many circles removed from Ovid. He's like, Ovid sucks. I My stuff is so much better than Ovid's. <laughs> Let me tell you more. About yeah. stuff that changes into other stuff. Well, and it's it's in this weird place where it's like this book is so filled with historical detail and like real people. And he's like, and God is doing all this stuff. So like I am the real witness to all of these sweet punishments that God is meeting out. Like anything you made up in your <laughs> books is bogus. I've seen God's sweet hell snakes. Like what do you want? Yeah, your books have people who cry into their own butts? I don't think so. I love God so much I made him make a poop river. What do you want? Um, I just, like, I'm going to be, somebody's going to ask me what I thought about (laughs) the Divine Comedy like three years from now, and the only thing I'm going to remember is people crying into their own butts. And I feel like that's not what he wanted. No. So I guess these punishments. <laughs> I, guess, I, guess, I don't know. I, at least I know myself. I guess. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, That's good. We get a little thing. So we I mentioned Vani, Vani Fucci earlier. He uh, features heavily in Canto 24. He's the first transformation in Canto 25. Um, he like stole some stuff and then some other dude got the blame and got killed for it and so that's why he's down here because these are all thieves um he tells dante like a premonition quote unquote about what's gonna happen in florentine to like get back at him for being alive i guess (laughs) um so we get that kind of character in there um to like send dante off a little shook i suppose um there's another sweet centaur here Andrew, who's like sort of an evil centaur who's covered in snake scales, mm-hmm. punishing people. Um, it's all very Garden of Eden-y. Like, it's like naked well, people yeah, running anything around. That's, anything that's snakey also is very, is usually just shorthand for bad. Is yeah. oh yeah, it looks like a snake. It looks like a dumb, crappy snake, and everybody hated it. Yes, 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 yes. And I, and I think it's supposed to evoke like the original theft of knowledge in the garden. Um, and these people are being punished for that. And there's what what's weird is they're being punished by just like having their humanity taken away because then they turn into the lizards who bite other people that make more lizards. Uh-huh. I'm not quite sure how that is specifically related to being a thief. But, you know, I think the God's the, will is um, mysterious. <laughs> I mean, I think the the idea right is that I mean, you got so so the one the um, change after that passage I read where Dante just dumps on everybody. Yeah, is um, it's this, it's this reptile who like bites this guy. I think yes, and then the book details basically like the man becomes more lizard like while the lizard becomes more man like, and it is. It's very G.I. Joe the movie. Well, it's I, true. well, it's it's a um it's like a theft of humanity. Like form or yeah, of, yeah. of identity or, or something. Um we don't get I don't know. I don't know if this is like a groundhog day situation where everybody just wakes up and they got to do the whole thing again tomorrow or <laughs> or if he just has to live life as a weird half lizard half man. I, the, but, I was wondering that because there's the there's the moment where they're like, "Where's our friend?" and a, a lizard runs up. So I think it might be permanent because more people are going to come down into hell, and they are, they're going to get need to turned into lizards too. So we need to have. I mean, there's got to be a pretty serious overcrowding problem, right? Because you have to punish all these new people who are coming down, but the other people still need punished, and they're still there, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that makes me believe that makes me think that all the people here are not employees. They're all being punished somehow. Like even the demons, because they don't seem excited about their situation. They just well, it seems like a like there. There's that other thing about that that um, person who turns into ashes and then rises from the ashes, sort of phoenix like. And I feel like there is. This is also very classical and like Sisyphean, but. Um, there's a there's an element of of repetition to hell like you are just yes. doomed to do this thing for the rest of your days because of your sins. Mhm. And I think there there is an element of that that makes it worse than like if you're just living a linear life but stuff is bad now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yes. Uh-huh. The eternal element of it. The it what was interesting to me in the section with the pope holes was that pope the the popes would get jammed into the wall and their feet would be on fire 
and then like a new pope would get jammed into the hole behind them and they would just become like rock like they would just get shoved in there and similar to the woods from the last episode there was there there's like a different time scale happening where like there are forms of your punishment that continue forever but it might not be like it's not a groundhog day situation i don't think time does pass there is gravity down here Everybody's speaking the same language. What are the rules, there, Dante? There are, phys- there are physics down here, but only for people who are alive. That's true. That's true. Remember the moving rocks from last time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, that's Canto 25. We have two more circles of hell to go. Um, and our next episode's going to cover, we're going to power through the end, right? Yes, the end of the Inferno. So, Canto's 26 through 34 of the Divine Comedy. Uh, maybe we'll find the funny parts. Maybe we'll find the funny parts. You know, this hasn't been really funny yet so far, even though Michael Scott was in it briefly. Michael Scott was in it. Man, Michael Scott was in it and he couldn't save it. I think that's that's just pretty bad. Yeah. Does he ever come back at the end? He comes back at the end of the office, he right? He does come back at the... Okay, spoilers for the office, everybody. Yep. He comes back in the last episode because Dwight and Angela get married and he comes back and... There's like a, you know how at the beginning of the office, he's kind of like a serial sexual harasser, but then by like the middle of the series, everybody's just like, oh, he's, he's just got a heart of gold. It's fine. Um, so there's a joke that Pam makes where he has kids now and he has so many pictures of his kids that he needs two phones to hold all the pictures because he ran out of oh, storage on his one. That's phone. a good joke. So it's like still a joke about how he's dumb, but also he did create a really hostile work environment, like actively pretty like racist and homophobic and sexist work environment for like a lot of years. But it's fine because he loves his like, kids. He's happy. Yeah. Yeah. Hell works. I'm apparently, probably, I'm probably get. I'm probably gonna get in a lot of trouble <laughs> with all you. <laughs> Office heads out there. <laughs> I see so many Dunder Mifflin shirts when I travel. I can't believe it. Everyone's wearing Dunder Mifflin shirts to the airport. It's we're the pretty close. To, we're pretty close to Scranton. I gotta assume they're all from Scranton. That's that's the only explanation. Okay. Finally, people know our city from something other than Joe Biden anecdotes. Yeah, it's true. Oh man, <laughs> if you would like to tell us where you think various characters from the Office would go in Dante's Inferno. You can send your ideas in to overduepod at gmail.com. Hit us up, twitter.com slash overduepod, facebook.com slash overduepod. Um, Andrew, the folks know about the website. What is it one more time, though? Overduepodcast.com. So we are here talking about Heck um, in Dante's Heckferno. Um, well, no, it's Dante's Inferno. Let's not be silly. Got to be serious but restrained with your child, I understand. Yeah, that's what being a dad is all about. Um, so we're going to read Apparently. through the, the whole Divine Comedy, but we are wrapping up the Inferno today with uh, Cantos 26 through 34. Um 
And we are reading the translation by Robert and Jean Hollander, if you don't know that already. Um, it's the footnote one. It's the footnote one. I don't... Uh, oh, listen, I don't think there's a version <laughs> of the Inferno that anybody reads that doesn't have copious footnotes because this thing is inscrutable. <laughs> I think you'd, you would be hard-pressed to find one with more footnotes than this, though. That's possible. That's true. This one revels in the footnotes the way the demons revel in punishment. Um, so last episode, Andrew, it's been a little while. You've been caring for an infant. What do you remember, if anything? I've got some bullet points to help you out, but I want to know what you remember. Just like, maybe not even last episode, just where are we, what's happening? Well, because I just I remember things about our journey down. Like, we went through all the the outer circles with all the people from before Jesus, Jesus was yeah. a thing, I guess. <laughs> True. And then we go into the city, like the evil, bad city, and we, I don't know, we saw like a river of blood. Yep. And... Uh-huh. Some centaurs, yes. I think, uh-huh. with like arrows, like bows and arrows, and they punish everybody. There Truth. are people who their heads were like turned around and they cry into their butts that <laughs> yeah. we had a lot of fun with last time. Uh-huh. That's true. Um, but we're just continuously we're continually going down. We've been in the city for a while. We are and we in... just continue to descend. Yes. And we when we say we, we mean us on the on the shoulders of Dante and his guide Virgil, two cool poets going through hell. Um, Dante's going through hell because his dead girlfriend like prayed especially for him or something. We're not Did we know that? Hell. I didn't know that we knew that. Well, we don't know why he ended up there. We do know that Virgil is there because of Beatrice told okay, sure. him to go help her, bud. Um, and we've been for several cantos now. We've been in the Malibolge, Andrew, which is a sick stadium of punishment where there's like a lot of horned demons and stuff. This is classical like painting hell that uh-huh. we've been in, which had the butt crying, it had the <laughs> farting demons. The last thing we saw and Hollander even has a chart in the footnotes about it is like a bunch of dudes got turned into lizards. <laughs> a bunch of Right, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of thieves turned into lizards presumably because their humanity got stolen from them just as they stole from humans i suppose the the tree people who virgil is like hey go snap a branch off that tree that was yes. like two that was ago, like right? two episodes ago yes yeah. yes 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 so we were with some real bad folks in the last episode um and we're gonna meet some even more bad folks as we go uh andrew uh, my through line for a couple of these cantos starting with 26 is how directly Dante just insults various cities or provinces of Italy. <laughs> yeah, so can- <laughs> Canto 26 opens with, Take joy, O Florence, for you are so great. Your wings beat over land and sea. Your fame resounds through hell. And that's a that's a dig, right? Like, that's yeah, a diss. It's a diss. In, a diss in the city of diss. Yes. Because I don't think it's cool for your for your city to be famous in hell that's probably bad for your city yes and we might encounter them a little bit later but i definitely marked down some other areas where he's like oh and this place sucks and this place sucks i have a grand unifying theory of that it's like it's hell is very weighted in favor of figures from antiquity which will also run into an inferno 26 and people dante like knows yep. or is or or are contemporaries or near contemporaries there's 
there are several there are a couple thousand years in here that I feel like are not <laughs> adequately represented. I guess if I ever Dante, this is who I would know, right? Yeah. Like you would know these historical figures from antiquity and then like your buds who died. Well, and it's And that's what you'd be the most interested in, I yeah. suppose. But. So we're gonna get into it actually. Let's talk about that antiquity thing because so in we are still in I don't know, the eighth circle, versions of the eighth circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're in the Malibus. And we're going to meet some people who are just screaming flames. Just people who are ensconced in flames and yell about it all the time. Um, and Each we're one m- is wrapped in that which... Each one is wrapped in that in which he burns. Sure. Is yes. what it says. Which I think that... I think means like whatever they did is what punishes them now or something. Yes. And this is the a circle of uh, counselors of fraud, some research says. So people who gave bad advice or gave advice that led to disaster. Um, so we're going to meet Ulysses and Diomed or Diomedes, if you're not reading this exact translation, I guess, mm-hmm. um, who were both involved in the siege of Troy and the Trojan horse, um, and persuading and Achilles are, to yeah, sail for if Troy. If we are, to, to take it back to Virgil and to prior literature, like if we if we are Dante and our pal is Virgil, and you're talking about the Aeneid, like the Greeks are kind of the bad guys in that. Like they aren't yes. the bad guys all the way through, but it's, you know, Rome springs from, in in the fiction of the... <laughs> of the Aeneid anyway Rome springs from the you know the destruction of Troy like the people run away and they go found this city in exile and then they eventually get theirs because they you know subjugate Greece so I don't think we would necessarily feel we were not we're not supposed to feel very warmly maybe about Ulysses slash Odysseus but I think it talks in the in the footnotes a little bit like we, the contemporary audience, are definitely kind of wired to think Odysseus is cool. Well, we talked about that with, with Homer Time, is that like every other episode of that show was like, I don't know if he is cool. <laughs> I think Odysseus might suck. I think or, he might suck, but yeah. He's at least a complicated man, am I right? Um, um perhaps okay, so this is one this is one of the footnotes. We haven't read very many of the footnotes, but um Ulysses and Diomedes are are clearly indicated as suffering the punishment of God for their fraudulent acts, yet this indictment has not kept readers from admiring them, or at least Ulysses. Perhaps the central problem in the large debate that has surrounded Dante's version of the Greek hero in the last century and a half is how sympathetically we're meant to respond to him. To put that another way, what is the nature of Ulysses' sin, and how urgently is it meant to govern the reader's sense of his worth? Um, and a further complication is of more recent vintage. What should we make of the at least apparent similarity between Ulysses and Dante himself? Um, and that's okay. that has come up a couple other times where somebody somebody's down in hell, but they it really seems like maybe they got a bit of a raw deal. Yeah, I think they're in the very first batch of of cantos we read. I think there's somebody like that. Yeah, there's a couple like a couple of the lovers and and the people who are down there for lust or maybe yeah, got a raw so like, deal. The question becomes, what do we, the contemporary reader, feel? What did Dante want us to feel? Like, are those two things in agreement with each other at all? Like, what's the? Yeah, I don't know that they are all the time. Yeah. Um, and the version of Ulysses we get before we move on to Canto Twenty Seven is 
he like not only was he involved in Troy, but then we get this whole extra little story from him. And keep in mind, this is not just Ulysses. This is a big tower of fire that claims to be Ulysses. <laughs> um, and he is like, oh, I went on this trip with all my boys and I like didn't love my family enough to stay behind. And I took them on this like amazing adventure where I said, do not deny yourselves the chance to know the world where no one lives. And I guess they made it to like Olympus or something and they shouldn't have. So Zeus killed them or God killed them. I just, I love these authors throughout history who are like, Hey, the, the, the Odyssey ends kind of abruptly. Like what fanfic can we write about what comes after that? (laughs) Yeah. And And Cersei was like that too. Yes. True. And we get this, like, again, Ulysses, led people to their doom he was not respectful of the notion of divinity um that's all totally true yes that's true he got a lot of boys killed yeah so that's why he's down here um and then i think in candle 27 we meet another flame who just like wanders on up and is like hey i'm guido de montefeltro what's up hey Hey, i'm burning here uh and he's like, hey, Dante, I'm screaming and on fire. Tell me what's up in Romagna. And Dante's like, it's fine. There are people <laughs> like there. No one's I, he, I think he says it's like there's not direct fighting right now. But of course, people are still mad at each other, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Guido's down here because he gave a bad pope bad advice. Um, and the lesson I think we're supposed to take from him is that after he did that stuff with the pope, he tried to get out of the game, Andrew. He tried to convert... Out of the church game? Out of the, out of like, the afterlife game? No, no. He tried to get out of the, like, giving popes advice that would lead to fighting advice game. Oh, that's a very specific yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he tried to get out, and uh, then he tried to become a, a Franciscan friar or something, and then they pulled him back in, and then he died... And he thought he was going to go to heaven because he'd become a friar and a devil was like, nah, suck it. Come down this way. <laughs> well, and it's it, this is about this is uh, 27. Mm-hmm. And I think this is about how you cannot you cannot get forgiveness. Yes. For your sins. If you don't feel bad about it, Correct. You don't, like <laughs> repent of them. One may not be absolved without repentance nor repent and wish to sing concurrently a simple contradiction not allowed. So you cannot, it's not a thing where you can sin. You go to church, you're like, Hey, sorry for the sin I did, but you're like planning your next sin, even though you haven't done it yet. It's, yes. it's like a pre sin is still sin. Yes. And there's like a couple little lines in that in Canto 27 that, make guido sound like ulysses there's a line about like covert stratagems and stuff where it's like oh here's a contemporary ish of dante's that reminds him of a figure from antiquity and they're both in hell funnily enough okay moving on (laughs) like (laughs) um so then 28 is we're in the ninth bulge where Uh the sowers of discord are and it opens with Dante being like, man, it's so dirty and bloody down here. I don't even have the words for it. And come down to hell and complain about the decor and like the atmosphere. <laughs> he's, he's basically saying like if all the dead war people were piled together, like it wouldn't be as gross as it was here. Um, and this is where like dudes are hacked apart by a demon for all eternity 
except every day they get like put back together. Like they go in a loop around the track. I think and that then, was an element of the of the transforming into a lizard person too. Is that you have to keep doing it because if you only did it once, I guess you'd just be a lizard and you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, you have to be sad about it all the time. Everyone in hell is crying all the time. Well, that whether it's into their butts or not. Yeah, I yeah, think it would true. be sad to be in heck. Yeah. So these are the sowers of discord, um, and the first one we see, I was surprised to encounter Muhammad here andrew mm-hmm. um i did not anticipate that w- the prophet would be down here in hell necessarily like ripped from his groin to his chin by a demon uh-huh. and then i looked in the footnotes and apparently like there's speculation that dante thought that muhammad was just like not forming his own religion but actually just forming a splinter sect of Christianity, which is destructive and bad, so let's just put him in hell. So, like, that's cool, yeah. I guess. I And I suppose any religion that springs off another religion, like, it kind of, it, w- it would look like that to start with, like, even if it were its own separate thing, because, like, Jesus and, and yes. everyone, like, they are figures in Islam. True. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's just a different thing. So, Muhammad's down there. He's been ripped up. Isn't it's it funny pr- how the term Judeo-Christian kind of explicitly excludes this other also related theology? Yeah, it's kind of weird, huh? <laughs> man, man, eight hundred years just, later. Yeah, just thinking about. I'm just, just I'm, we're blowing this one wide open. <laughs> um, according to some notes I found, what we see like in this section of hell, we have the religious schism, which is where we meet Muhammad. Um, and then there's civil strife and like politics, and then there's family discord. But um, there is this cool moment. This was kind of spooky. We don't get too many of these, Andrew. But there was a moment where uh, Muhammad's talking to Dante, uh, and Virgil's like, "Yo, he's with me. I brought him down here. He is not dead." On hearing this, more than a hundred souls halted in the ditch to stare at me in wonder, each forgetful of his pain. If a hundred dead people just stared at you for a second, (laughs) that'd be pretty wild. That would be pretty wild. It's not the first time that we've seen dead people surprised by Dante's aliveness. There's that, I'm thinking specifically of that sequence where he like disturbs the dirt with his feet or something, and that's not a thing that, that dead folks can do. That's true. Um, we meet a bunch of people in this circle, Andrew. Does it, do any of it like stand out to you? There's like Pier of Medicina who apparently knew Dante, but who the hell knows? We have a dude from ancient Rome who's the one who told Caesar to cross the Rubicon. Are is this the the canto where that uh, Bertrand de Born shows up? Like yes. the, the guy who carries his head around by, yes. <laughs> by its hair, like oh. a. Like a lantern, and, and when he wants to scare people, he like he lifts his head uh, of himself. He made himself a lamp, and they were two in one, and one in two. How this can be? He knows who so ordains it. <laughs> so yeah. he just goes around like lifting his lamp head up and and being spooky about it. Yeah, it's a mix of like ancient history people and some rec- uh, as we've said, some recent Italian yabos, I guess, who got into trouble. Um, 
and they're all hacked up, just like they hacked up society, I think is the idea. Um, the guy Bertrand de Bourne, here's a note from, he was like a dude from France who liked to make poems about war. Um, Hollander says in his notes, one thinks of Robert Duvall's character in Francis Ford Coppola's film Apocalypse Now, who loved the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, I get. I understand that reference. It's Robert good. Hollander is a beautiful nerd. I love him so much. <laughs> uh, but apparently, that guy's in there because he like fomented rebellion against a king um, with his son. So there's a lot of like, hey, you're you're down here for like splitting up governments and states and stuff. Um, okay, Inferno twenty nine. Uh, Virgil gets mad, Andrew. That Dante is just like constantly stopping and talking to all these sad dead people. <laughs> isn't there that isn't there a sequence here where Dante is like, well, if you knew the reason why I kept stopping, <laughs> you would feel like an, a real a real a real butthead <laughs> for yelling at me. And it's because I was looking for somebody I know. Because Virgil's like, what are you staring at? Why is your gaze so fixed upon the depths that hold these mournful, mutilated shades? You have not done so at the other pits. In case you plan to count the sinners one by one, think. This hollow circles 22 miles around. The moon already lies beneath our feet. The time we are allotted soon expires, and there is more to see than you see here. Dante's like, yeah, I got a family. I got a relative down here. Yeah, yeah man. I'm looking for my relative. <laughs> Don't uh, you feel like a real horse's butt? Yep. Um, so down here, everyone is a leper. They're all like covered in scabs. Leopards. Not a leopard yet. Anyway. Everyone down here gets turned into leopards. Um, really gross leopards. Everyone's got like dropsy and they're farting and falling apart and stuff. Um, we see these are, I don't know who these guys are. They're like alchemists. They're falsifiers of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see like two guys who are like propped up against each other. We meet a dude named Griffolino D'Arezzo. Again, I don't even remember if these guys' names are in the text or if they're in the notes. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea anymore. Um, he's a guy who got money for claiming he could teach someone to fly, which is just like I think there was a lawsuit about against Red Bull about the same thing. So that makes sense. Red Bull probably doesn't literally give you wings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then at the end of that, we go into Canto 30 and like two, two shades in the form of like beasts just run up and like go to town on some people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Mira and Calvacanti, both of whom are like one of whom disguised themselves to commit incest. One impersonated a dead guy. Uh, and then we spent a lot of time with Master Adam, Andrew. Uh-huh. Remember that guy? Mr. Mister Dropsy? <laughs> um, doesn't he, he... So we're talking about what? Counterfeiters? Yes. Counterfeiters is Canto money. 30, we've got counterfeiters. Counterfeiters. I think he was making like fake money or something. And he's like, he can't move because maybe I don't know if he has legs in this form. And he's sitting there and like he, a dude punches him in the stomach. Another Trojan horse guy punches him <laughs> in the stomach. 
and then he punches him back. Yeah, and then it's like a it's very Statler and Waldorf, like just both <laughs> kind of ripping on each other. Um, Master Adam, whose arm seemed just as sturdy, used it, striking Sinon in the face, saying, although I cannot move about because my legs are heavy, my arm is loose enough for such a task. To which the other answered, when they put you to the fire, your arm was not so nimble, though it was quick enough when you were coining. And the dropsied one, well, that is true, but you were hardly such a truthful witness when you were asked to tell the truth at Troy. Ooh. If I spoke falsely, you falsified the, fal- falsified the coin, said Sinon, and I am here for one offense alone, but you for more than any other devil. You, perjurer, keep the horse in mind, replied, replied the sinner with the swollen paunch, and may it pain you that the whole world knows. And may you suffer from the thirst, the Greek replied, that cracks your tongue and from the fetid humor that turns your belly into a hedge before your eyes. And they just kind of keep going back and forth. And then Virgil and then Virgil and then Virgil says, I, I was all intent in listening to them when the master said, Go right on looking, and it is I who will quarrel with you. Stop wasting time on these idiots. We gotta keep walking. Yeah, he says the wish to hear such things is base. Like stop gawking at these yabos, these idiots. Yeah, but it's okay because Dante feels a little bad about it, and then Virgil says, Less shame would cleanse a greater fault than yours. Oh my god. And that is why you may set down the load of such remorse. So then we go into count, Canto Thirty One, and we it's with meet the giants. Right, we meet some giants for some reason. Uh, there's a really good uh, like Obi Wan Kenobi mo- moment at the beginning of this, where Dante's like, "Yo, that's a big city up there. That's kind of look at those towers." And once again, Virgil with the burn. Yeah, because you try to pierce the darkness from too far away, it follows that you err in your perception. <laughs> when you are nearer, you will understand how much your eyesight is deceive, deceived by distance. Therefore, push yourself a little harder. You should be told these are not towers, but giants, and from the navel down, each stands behind that bank that rings the pit. It's no moon. It's a space station. It's a big giant. Yeah. Yeah, one of the giants is Nimrod, who speaks gibberish. And of course, because this is the Inferno, there are reams and reams of scholarship trying to figure out whether the the one single gibberish line that Nimrod speaks is supposed to mean anything. Oh, you mean Rafael Maia Mekazabi Almi? Yeah, that one. That one, yes. The savage mouth for which no sweeter psalms were fit began to shout. Um, He's from the Old Testament. He was associated with the creation of the Tower of Babel. So he is like representative of... You know, sins against God, trying to reach divinity, and then, like, well, we can't have one language if everyone's just going to use that language to organize a tower to meet God, so we have to break it up. (sighs) Union busting. (laughs) That's what that is. But yeah, Nimrod's punishment is, like, he can't speak to anybody and he can't understand anything because he he is responsible for... I guess it was... It's just, it's bad that everyone speaks a different language. I feel like God sometimes isn't 100% consistent. I think what's supposed to be bad about that is that he was using, he was taking advantage of the shared culture to build a thing that would reach God and almost like make him rival God. And so you can't do that. So you, no idolatry, yada, yada, yada. So Mm -hmm. cut that out. Um, yeah, Virgil just yells at a giant for a few minutes, and then we move on. Uh-huh. Um, we meet Aphialtes, who's the son of Poseidon. He tr- Again, he tried to storm Olympus, so 
Okay, so again, it's, it's another about- situation where you your sins are grandfathered into the new system. Yes, I do. I forgot there's a line that Dante has that's effectively like, man, I'm real glad that nature stopped making things like this. Like these giants are huge <laughs> and scary, man. Um, there's another illusion. There's some guy named Briarius who's like a cooler giant, but still in hell. Um, and then there's Antaeus who is not chained but he's still a giant so where he's here um and Virgil persuades him to like lift them down into lower into hell the physics of which don't make sense um i've read a little bit about this and like that's the magic of it cuz it's, it's hell, like intentional right cuz yeah. the physics of the end don't really make sense either it's also true virgil has to persuade antaeus to do this by basically saying like dante will make you famous <laughs> Dante will write about you. If oh, you yeah, I did. I did. I really, I did like that one a lot. I made, I made a note. Do of you have that one. passage? Um, yes. <laughs> well, I'm alive. I said, and if it's fame you seek, it might turn out to your advantage. If I put your name among the others, I've noted. And he, I long for just the opposite. Take yourself off and trouble me no more. You ill know how to flatter at this depth. God. Be chill and I'll put you in my cool poem, which as I've established <laughs> elsewhere in my poem is going to be so cool and it's going to vault me into the upper echelons of poets and it's just going to be a really good time. So come on, come on, come on. Dante cool. is running a startup blog where he's convincing everyone he's going to win Peabody's and stuff. Yeah, he's just trying to get everybody to work for exposure. <laughs> Uh, so 32, Canto 32, we are down in hell, the de- the de- the finest bits of hell, and it opens with another part where Dante is like, man, I wish I were better at poems. If I had verses harsh enough and rasping as would befit this dismal hole upon which all the other rocks weigh down, more fully would I press out the juice of my conception. But since I lack them with misgiving, do I bring myself to speak? I wish I was worse at poems so I could adequately capture how bad this place is. Yes, it's really Unfortunately, bad. Unfortunately, I'm just too good at poems, so you guys are going to have to live with what I've got. <laughs> uh, so now they are standing on top of a big frozen lake, the Lake of Cockatus. Again, not a name I know is even spoken in the poem necessarily so i'm gonna i'm just gonna look how that's pronounced while you take us down there c-o-c-y-t-u-s it's a river it's spelled. yeah it's one of the rivers from greek myth that's related to the river Styx. in this mythology it is frozen in a big lake and the people who are trapped in it it is like treachery against those whom they were close to and there are like four concentric rings of seriousness, family ties, community ties, guests and lords. Emma saying says cocytus. Now Emma Cochitis. saying is sometimes worse than nothing, but yeah, that's, it's that's somewhere what I've in got. between cocytus and cockatoose, I'm sure. It's cockatoose. neither. Just combine them. Um I guess I think I knew. Did you know about the frozen hell part of hell down here, Andrew? Because no, know, I didn't know about it. No. Okay. Because I think I had heard about it somewhere, but it is certainly not part of the classical imagery of like fire and. You get a lot of fire down there, and just like yes, heat. yes, um, and each like region of this frozen lake is named after a big betrayer, 
So we've got Cana, named after Cain, who murdered his brother Abel. And here there's like lots of Italian guys who Dante recognizes. The only people who have done anything bad is Italians who Dante kind of knows. I mean, I guess like there are, I don't know, maybe it's just the world and the Odyssey felt so big, even though ultimately it wasn't. Do you think, now I'm kind of wondering if hell is subjective a little oh, bit like dip. if it weren't if it were somebody other than dante maybe they'd see like sinners who they knew yeah so that you were never so you'd never need to put up one of those like historical landmark signs so that people would understand <laughs> the context of like how bad your thing was that you did that's possible it could also I be feel just... like that's i feel like that's a good explanation yeah I'm gonna stick with that one and i i also buy a version where like there are so many people down there that you kind of get like overloaded and you only engage with things that you might recognize. Oh, so it's like when you learn a new word and then suddenly the word is everywhere. Yes. Even yes. though it's nowhere, it's no more everywhere than it was. Yes. In the first place. I like that. I like that. Um, then we get to the next rung is, is Antonora, which named after another Trojan who betrayed his city to Greece. <laughs> Um, and this is like treason against political entities. They're frozen a little bit higher. They can't bend their necks. Um, this was the scene, Andrew, where Dante kicks a dude in the face and he's not sure if he did it by accident. <laughs> and then he just starts like yelling at him. I don't know why Dante's so mad. He's a traitor to his country. There are people gnawing on each other. Like, yeah, this is after we meet the the guy who Dante is trying to like charm into being into his poem and <laughs> it's just people kind of munching on each other as what? a famished man will bite into his bread the one above had set his teeth into the other just where the brain stem leaves the spinal cord yeah it's just hum, chomp 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 um i have no idea why it's significant if it is significant at all canto 32 is the only one since his his introduction where virgil does not speak just putting it huh. out there. Hmm. Don't know why. But Hollander tells us in the notes, and I checked it. It's true. Um, he just needs a break. Yeah. <laughs> it really sounds like Dante is trying his patience in some of these later <laughs> cantos. Like, stop, stop paying attention to the arguing guys. Just c- look better at the giants. Like, obviously, they're giants. Come on. Can you not just kick people in the face? Like, we've got demons for that here. Like, chill out. Um, Canto 33, we meet Count Ugolino, who's just gnawing on the head of an archbishop that he betrayed. We get a sad story about how he died of starvation in a prison with his sons and grandsons. Um, this is where Dante just yells, uh, about Pisa, um, and how they left this guy to die. (laughs) He's, again, just mad at parts of Italy. Um, then we get Ptolemea, named after Ptolemy, who killed Simon Maccabeus after inviting him to a banquet. So this is where everybody is like, they killed guests who came to their house and stuff. Um, this is where all the people have ice over their eyes, Andrew, and they're extra sad because they can't cry because there's ice on their eyes. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, sometimes Dante is a little impressive with the punishments. It's so mm-hmm. specific and bizarre. <laughs> Uh, and he talks to a dude named Fra Alberigo, um, 
who will only talk to him if Dante Do you promises. Think that's short for father. I don't know. It's, it's oh yeah, it's probably fra. like fra. Yeah, it's hey, I'm fra Alberigo. <laughs> I'm he who harvested the evil orchard, and here for figs, I'm repaid in dates. Oh, said I to him, are you already dead? And he to me, I have no knowledge how my body fares in the world above. So this guy, Father Alberigo, his whole deal is that apparently, even if, see, okay, so I can be punished for intending to sin Uh without seeking redemption. And then also, if I'd sin, my soul can be sent down to hell while my body continues to to wander and operate in in the world above. Yes. So at what point where in this do I get to seek redemption? Cuz I'm not like if you not sure if you, you do. <laughs> if you're if you sin you're in hell already. This maybe it's just because we have never encountered that idea before. This is Was that redemption? No. <laughs> no. The idea that your soul gets replaced by a demon and you have to go in the ice lake forever. So that maybe it's just that these guys are so bad that, you know, betraying your guests, inviting someone over for dinner and then murdering them is such a bad thing to do that God can cast your soul out of your body, replace it with a demon who wanders around and just is you identity identity theft style for a while (laughs) while you're frozen and trying to cry. Which so is there, what, what you're saying is it's more like there are some sins that are so bad can't be forgiven. It's not like if I buy if I grab two bags of chicken nuggets at the <laughs> store and accidentally only pay for one, which is a thing that I did one time. Yes, then I'm I'm. It's probably not severe enough to get me sent down. No, nor is probably the time that I bought an organic tomato but only paid the regular tomato price. Now I didn't I do it on also, purpose. <laughs> I did do that on purpose once because I needed two peppers and there was one regular pepper. And so I took the organic pepper and I peeled the sticker off of it and I put them both in the same bag and because they look and are the same. Correct. Then I paid the regular pepper. Label your peppers, supermarkets, and we won't be able to do this anymore. No, they did label that one and Uh I did peel the label off. As I said, I said that already. Oh, no. Nice to meet. Nice to know you. Now, now I'm talking to a demon in Andrew's body. Well, I don't Andrew. know what the statute of limitations on pepper theft is, but that was a pretty. That was a fairly recent sin. So, uh, Dante leaves Fra Alberigo um, without fixing his frozen eyes. Um, you probably can't fix them, huh? Well, he refuses to take the ice off of them. Um, which he could have done, I suppose. Yeah, and but probably you probably the ice would come back. It probably would come back. Um, and he give we give another little bit of like, oh, Genoa, your people stink too. <laughs> oh, men of Genoa, race estranged from every virtue, crammed with every vice. Why have you not been driven from the earth? <laughs> Good lord, Dante. Yeah, dog. Um, and then we get to Canto thirty four. We're gonna wrap up the inferno here. This is Judeca, named for who, Andrew? Judas. Yeah, Judas Iscariot. This is the bad guy, the bad the bad guy. The big bad. The traitors to their lords. All the sinners that are in the ice are frozen in like really awkward bad positions. We can't talk to them. Uh Virgil refers to the devil who we see in front of us as Dis. This is Lucifer, who was an angel before he rebelled against God. And he's got three faces. They're all crying. 
Um, one is red, one is yellow, and one is black. Mm-hmm. It's unclear what Dante may have intended with that. And there, if, there's a footnote on this, right? It's a couple, yeah, it's a couple different things. It's like, could it be his understanding of what the three like primary races of men were? Do those colors mean things? If those are one and one, that gets really problematic, Dante. Almost all the early commentators equate them with the opposites of the three attributes of the Trinitarian God, love, power, and knowledge. Oh. They associate red with anger uh, or, or hatred or impotence, yellowish white with impotence or hatred, and black with ignorance. As many note, these are not particularly convincing schemes if their overall <laughs> applicability seems acceptable. Okay. Sure. Says the footnote. Okay. In case it's clear, that was the footnote and not me having a cool, like, off-the-cuff discussion about (laughs) the Trinitarian God. But there is a lot of Trinity in this Lucifer stuff. He's got six bat wings, which makes the ice, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, the reason it's frozen down there is because his dirty bat wings are, like, blowing cold air everywhere. Um, And in each mouth, we get three traitors... Were you surprised by two of the three traitors, Andrew? Remind me who all the traitors were. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it like Brutus and Cassius? Brutus and Cassius and Judas. Judas may be the most traitor ever. And I'm sure Julius Caesar is down here somewhere, right? So that's interesting. I get why Judas is there. Dude got Jesus killed. Sure. But like Julius Caesar is... I mean, in, in, unless the like the fetishization of Rome and the early empire and like the Julio Claudian family that we get through Virgil is supposed to be so good that they get grandfathered into heaven, even though it really seems like getting grandfathered into hell is the more common thing that happens. Yeah. So this is I made a list. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why Brutus and Cassius betraying this guy who is also probably down here because he predated Jesus. Yep. Why are why are they so bad that they are part of literally Satan? I don't know. Yeah, so Satan has three mouths. He's chewing on all these dudes. He's ripping on their backs. I made a list of like a reason why Brutus and Cassius are there. Symbols of like treason against your lord, which is like okay, that's a thing that God or Dante cares about. But do They're- we really need the? The uh the twofer? Yeah, I guess. There's symbols... like could you not could Dante, could you not think of a third <laughs> that's true. Third third prominent betrayer? Yes. Um they are symbols of a dis- of the destruction of a unified Italy, Andrew. Because think about okay. this. We are not, you know, Machiavelli or whoever hasn't reunited Italy. So maybe Dante Dante, when he's living in the thirteenth or whatever century where all the Gillibeans and the Gulfs are fighting each other. Like, what if they were all united and things were kosher? So put all those guys in hell. Um, okay. Maybe, like, the divine right of kings, but I don't remember God making Caesar an emperor, so I don't believe that one. Um, and then what you said, this is all very Roman Italy-centric. Maybe it's just the version of hell that Dante sees, <laughs> where it's always Romans and Italians down here. Yeah, I think, Who knows? I think that is the most convincing I do think, though, that like he did explanation for for the Italy centric version of hell that we're getting. Yeah, it's based in his knowledge and experience. If he's a scholar of anything, he's a scholar of Italian history. Um, And the the fall of the Roman Empire is a pretty big part of European history in general anyway. So if your hell is largely based on 
Western traditions, then yeah, I guess they're going to be down there. Um, but we spend like all of like a page looking at these guys. The Satan first appears on line 28 of the Canto and then on line 69. Nice. Virgil's like, we got to get out of here. Time to leave. I expected that this would be a bigger part of the show. You you really spend all this time descending and then barely any time at all ascending. Yeah. And and I, I don't even remember a lot of language that's like, oh, it's so horrid. We have to leave. Like, I honestly would have expected there to be more like maybe Virgil Dante talking about it. There's been a lot of that throughout the whole book. So but it's far. essentially right. Like once you, once you get past Satan, you're kind of through it. Yeah. After that. So they, they do like, you don't climb. have to climb back out through all the circles again. Right. No, you don't. You just climb down Satan's butt and then you're in the center of the universe or something. Uh, and then you go through to the other hemisphere of the earth, which I guess is like going through the international dateline. Um, did you know, Andrew, this is from a little other reading that I did, that hell is basically the hole that Satan made when he fell from heaven? I feel like I had heard that before. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? I mean, it seems like it did. It did. And that, <laughs> the extra earth, so on the other side... There's just ocean and Mount Purgatory, and the extra earth that got pushed through is what Satan's butt like pushed through to the other side Good of Lord. existence, I guess. Dante, Dante, you nasty. <laughs> He's so nasty. Uh, and they're going to go through a hole and, I guess, go to Purgatory now. Um, yeah, that's that. That's it. The Inferno is over. That's the Inferno. Yeah, we spend like the last 40 lines of the whole thing climbing out. Like through like a weird little cave beneath Satan's butt. Into that hidden passage, my guide and I entered to find again the world of light. And without thinking of a moment's rest, we climbed up. He first and I behind him far enough to see through a round opening a few of those fair things the heavens bear. Then we came forth to see again the stars. Yep. And that's the Inferno, everyone. I do like... The idea, and this is something that you don't see in other fiction um, as we wrap up, is that, like, this version of Satan, yes, he's punishing dudes in hell, but he's not, like, in charge. Like, he's not... Right, like, I don't I don't think the, the point of hell can be, like, a cool fort that Lucifer gets to hang out <laughs> in with all his lackeys. Like, I think the point of it is that it is punishment for him also. Yes, 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 yes. But that is not often how it is portrayed in like popular fiction post 20th century. Necessarily. I suppose. Yeah. Um, so that, that is interesting to encounter. Uh, I did like Hollander in the notes, Andrew. Um, this is about the size of Satan. I'm just going to read this whole footnote and this is going to be a struck me funny to take us out of here. That is, I am proportionately closer in size to a giant than a giant is to Lucifer is the thing I think Dante says. For the size of the giants, circa 70 feet, see a different footnote. Let us merely, for purposes of calculation, agree that Dante was 6 feet tall. The equation is simple. 6 divided by 70 equals 70 divided by x. x equals 817. Since a body is roughly 2.5 times an arm's length, Satan is some 2,000 feet tall and thus looms over the ice by some 1,000 feet. Boy, you're doing... 
making a lot of assumptions yeah. in there, I guess. I just like the idea that someone was, I bet some student was like, Mr. Hollander, how how tall do you think Satan is? And he's like, well, let's find out. Let's do the let's math. Let's draw on this, on this blackboard. Yeah. Where do you think we go next, Andrew? What could the next books of this thing be? I mean, we go to the, we go to the purgatory, right? But like, what happens there? I think it's just a big waiting room. Hmm. Okay. I am see. I am curious to to find out who we see in the other areas. Like, if we continue to see a bunch of weirdo Italians, because <laughs> I don't think I don't think figures from antiquity could, at least not with the the, the setup that we get. I don't think figures from antiquity could could be a a huge portion of who we see in purgatory and in heaven, right? Because yeah. they couldn't have been redeemed or or whatever the the thing is. But it just it does seem like everybody gets punished for everything. And so I'm I want to see I want to see what kind of person you have to be, what kind of life you have to live to get into the other places now. And I'm really intrigued to find out what this middle ground is going to be. Like what do you do in Purgatorio? What put you there? Do you and get I, to leave? And I guess the expectation with Purgatory is that eventually, when God gets around to it, I guess, you do get to leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe. if you're going to be in hell, you would just get sent to hell. Sure. And when you're in Purgatory, you just got waitlisted for heaven, and you just have to <laughs> hope that they make space. You don't get to choose your roommate, though. You don't get to no. fill out that form. Yeah. You have to. So, I don't know. You have to we'll live see. with a jerk who smokes and has a messy lifestyle. <laughs> Real odd couple situation. Yeah. Well, um, that's it, yeah. I guess. I guess that's it. We did a really good job. That's what I say. Great I think, job. Yeah. So we're gonna continue. We're gonna do three episodes. We're gonna do probably like eleven candles at a time for the Purgatorio, so that we can kind of move through it, and then we'll take another four episodes with Paradiso or Heaven. Um, one thing I want to just bookmark, I mean, we'll come back to it at the end, Andrew, is like why we think the Inferno has been this like lasting image in culture since, and like why is hell a concept that people like to talk about? Sure. Because I think I know nothing about the next two thirds of this poem, oh, and yeah, I nothing. was prepped for some of what happened in what we just read, uh-huh. and I don't know why. Yeah, I I guess people just focus more on the the bad stuff or the potentially bad stuff or the idea of punishment and justice maybe. And it and it's just and, and from what I know of the next two, they aren't as like entertaining, I guess to read or like easy to read. Oh, it becomes a craft question. <laughs> well, it's it's yeah, I think no, it's I, hear just, you. I think it's more just in the in the same way that it's more fun to read a bad, you know, a negative review than a positive review. Oh, I think it's sure. probably easier and more entertaining to write about people getting punished and crying in their butts than people not crying in their butts and just sitting around and looking at their phones. People people purgatory. laughing, people laughing in their butts in heaven. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks to everyone who's been laughing in their butts with us through these episodes. Jeez. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, gang. Uh, thanks to our illustrious Patreon supporters who make this possible. And uh, 
if you want to find out more about that, go to patreon.com. Let us know who you would put in the frozen lake uh, at twitter.com or facebook.com slash pod, or send us an email overduepod at gmail.com. Andrew, what's the website? What's that stuff? Overduepodcast.com. We have Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and some stuff. I don't know. I don't remember what links are up on the website and what you can just find out in the world, but it's all out there. Subscribe to the show, rate and review us. I have a kid now, so like I don't remember. That's cool. Anything else? You you do I bet you do remember what we say at the end of every episode of Hellboys. Um You ill know how to flatter at this depth. That's a good one, right? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's great. <laughs>